Welcome, pudding people, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I'm your host, Ken Seymour. Thank you for joining me again on our initial foray, our first week of bringing extra movie reviews to you. Um, I'm going to be reviewing Mission Impossible Fallout for you today. As always, there will be spoilers, not just for plot, but also characters that you may or may not expect to be in the movie. So if you have not seen it and do not wish anything to be revealed after I have given you my initial thoughts on when or where you should view this and my general idea of what I think of the movie, uh, you will want to stop there before you listen to the rest of it. Um, so to that end, um, is this a movie that you should immediately go out and see in the theater? Is it something you should wait for on Blu-ray or is it something that you should basically forget until you see it on TNT running in syndication or, or the equivalent of what a movie does on a network or a cable television show? Um, kind of depends. Uh, if you are a fan of action movies, if you're a fan of Tom Cruise, um, or very specifically the Mission Impossible franchise, absolutely, go see it in the theater. Uh, it is a great action movie. Okay, maybe great's not the best word, but an exemplary example. How about that? Of an action movie, and it definitely plays well in a theater. Uh, if you instead are the type of person to not be as keen on, on that sort of thing, then I would wait to see it on streaming or get it on Blu-ray. Uh, it's definitely worth a watch either way. It's not one I think that's necessarily a, a, a forgettable movie. Um, so yeah, definitely watch it. So at this point, we go into the spoiler-heavy review. So with my scientific yet not scientific system of dividing things up into basic uh, basic subsections to give a score similar to what you would get back when you were in high school. Uh, we will have cast, director, costuming and props, location, cinematography, plot, writing, and the potential for bonus points. Each have separate point values that will all add up to our final score. Um, so let's start with our cast. So as always, if you've got Mission Impossible, that means you've got Tom Cruise. Uh, love him or hate him, he is still an, uh, a massive star and uh, tends to love to be in movies that he gets to run and do ridiculous stunts in. Um, you have the, the standard cohorts that you would expect from another Mission Impossible movie being Ving Rhames. And um, since the middle-ish of the series, uh, Simon Pegg. Um, now, I, I have to believe that you are familiar with both those actors, but just in case, uh, Ving Rhames, uh, you would probably know from Dawn of the Dead, uh, striptease, pulp fiction, the goods, that sort of thing. Uh, love seeing that dude in anything. He's always uh, entertaining. Um, Simon Pegg, you would know from Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz, uh, the Star Trek reboot he, he was in. Um, generally very, uh, very funny, very witty. Um, um, and then of course it has, uh, Henry Cavill in it, which, uh, I don't know what most people think of Henry Cavill at this point. I, I still have not seen a lot of stuff that this, uh, gentleman has been in yet. Uh, I of course saw, um, uh, uh, Batman versus Superman and, uh, Justice League, um, not not exactly um, stellar on either of those. The, the Superman uh, movie, uh, I thought he did well with. Uh, best Superman movie that had been made to date. Though truthfully, 
this competition was fairly low, a uh, low bar to clear. Uh, I don't mind his rendition of Clark Kent. I, I think he does fine with that. So, I mean, truthfully, my problems that he's had with the other films, I don't think really lie with his performance. It's more other issues. Um, then uh, you also have um, uh, Rebecca Ferguson as Ilsa. Uh, you've got um, uh, uh, Sean Harris as uh, Solomon Lane. Uh, uh, Solomon Lane is reprising a role. Um, so, uh, so you know, it's it's uh, you have some carryover from previous characters, like I said, with Rebecca Ferguson as Ilsa. You've got um, uh, uh, Sean Harris as Solomon Lane, who was in a previous uh, uh, incarnation of the movie as as a villain and reprises his role kind of as the lead villain uh, with Henry Cavill's uh, characters kind of working with him. Um, you've got um, Michelle Monaghan who also was in previous incarnations of the film. Uh, you may know her from, like, Born Supremacy. Um, you've got uh, Angela Bassett, who's been in a lot of movies. Uh, I seem to remember one of her early big ones being Boys in the Hood, but she's been in, in quite, a few, quite a few since then and is generally pretty solid. Um, you've got uh, Frederick Schmidt as, uh, uh, as uh, the brother to the white widow, uh, Zola, which is just kind of an interesting thing. He uh, plays uh, Metallo on the Supergirl and Associated CW shows. Uh, you, of course, have Alec Baldwin uh, heading up the, uh, being the character that heads up the IMF. Um, uh, you've, got, um, you've got Vanessa Kirby as actually the White Widow character, which is kind of interesting. I like the, the little throwback they had to the, the character from uh, the first film being related to one of the characters from the first film. It's kind of a fun thing. Um, and then just kind of a fun, uh, also another fun thing, uh, Liam Yang as uh, the, the decoy lark. Uh, this guy, if, if you watch this film and you see the fight scene that he is involved with, it's really fantastic, uh, really fantastic uh, fight scene between him and uh, Cavill and Cruz. And it really showcases the fact that this guy's done a lot of stunt work, a lot of choreography. Uh, so he's generally not uh, somebody that you would see as a named, uh, well, not named actor, but somebody that is is considered uh, a lead role kind of guy. But he helps so much in the background, and he he he, uh, he did fabulously in in the scenes that he was in. I think um, all in all, this cast is fairly deep. Um, in, in terms of just, you know, getting people with name recognition that have shown that they can do well. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, I don't know, there, there, there's, it feels like there's something missing. I'm not, I'm not really sure what it is. Maybe it's that it's become a, a certain amount of formulaic, uh, some formulaicness that comes around the movies. I don't know, but it just feels like there's, there it needed something something more in terms of uh, just like a, a special surprise casting edition or um, well on the other side I mean you tend to if it's a mission impossible movie it's going to focus around Tom Cruise's character there's no two ways around that and then his team you know is kind of secondary to that but it feels like 
you know, to, to make a comparison uh, to like Avengers Infinity War, uh, when you had so many characters just jam-packed in that movie, it, even with all of the characters, it felt like everybody got enough time to shine and it was represented in the way that it needed to be. I didn't feel the same way with this. Uh, Ving Rhames character seems like he barely had anything to really say or do. I mean, he's at one point in a van, he's a target, he's helping on a boat, now I'm defusing a bomb, that's about it. Nothing nothing really that strikes out. I mean, Simon Pegg fared a little bit better, had some good lines, good back and forth, um, played uh, you know key roles and supposedly maybe tricking the bad guys, who knows. It's a little convoluted in the plot, that, but I'll get to that later. Um, but it, the um, you know the the Julia character um, is uh, is I mean well both of the women are are in it and are important but again don't have the same kind of uh, the same kind of impact that I would have hoped now Alec Baldwin this may just be a perspective thing it seems like he had a very strong um, a very strong presence on that but then again it's Alec Baldwin he you can you are always going to see when he is in something so that may have just been that um all all still solid I'd probably give it a 16 out of 20 uh on the casting on that um good choice of people maybe not utilized in the way that I would have liked then you've got the director uh uh Christopher uh McQuarrie um not not a lot of directing uh uh instances that you would see for him i mean he did a previous uh, he did the rogue nation mission impossible he did jack reacher uh way of the gun though he did write he did a lot of writing and some producing and some other stuff so i mean maybe that uh is, is a way to compensate well not compensate that's not what i'm trying to really say uh, shows more his experience than the four specific director uh listings uh but he did write the usual suspects which is uh, a fantastic movie uh, and one of my favorites. Um, and you wouldn't know uh, if that he only had a total of four directing uh, um, um, notations. He, uh, I think he did fine with this. I mean, truthfully, I don't know how much direction you really need to give uh, some of these actors at this point. They've been uh, living these roles uh, you know, on a part-time basis for a number of years now. I mean, when did the original uh, Mission Impossible come out? Well, okay, original, let me rephrase that. The original movie in this series. Uh, so Tom Cruise has been doing this for years. Ving Rhames has been doing this for years. Simon Pegg has been doing it for quite a while. Most of these people have been doing this for, for a little while. So there's not, I don't feel that there's a whole lot necessarily that they have to have to be shown how to do a particular performance. Now, I would say that the um, the the greatest point to, to show this where it's um, really that kind of directorial hand that that um, makes things better is just how everything flows together. Even if I have some issues with some of the plot points, each scene goes uh, flows into the next. It doesn't seem abrupt. There's no weird cuts. There's uh, the the timing and and the pacing is excellent throughout. It's fast when it needs to be fast. It slows down a little bit to let the uh, viewer catch their breath uh it 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 does a uh, he does a really good job in holding all of that together and i 
uh, have to imagine that there's a, a certain amount of wrangling involved when you're dealing with uh, stars of a, a, a certain caliber, whether it's the, the, the actor or actress themselves or whether it's their agency or whatever that's involved. I, I have to imagine there's a little bit of... Uh, little bit of work to do to keep all of the all of the gears running smoothly and I think you did a good job with this um, again I'll probably give it about a 16 out of 20 on that costuming and props um, good I would say uh, a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the the look and feel of a Mission Impossible movie is like a James Bond movie in the sense that you know it goes with the gadgets and the things that come with it and there are definitely gadgets. There's definitely the bomb pieces, you know, that are a major factor of the movie. There's definitely the uh, helicopters, the, the military gear, but also, you know, the, the fine evening wear at the appropriate times. The it's, it's solid. There's nothing that makes me go, wow, that's new and different in some way. That it's all kind of variations of the same, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's part of the flavor of the film, so I can't really detract too much from that. Um, uh, the the rehash of the the masks, it's even kind of self, uh, um, not self-deprecating, but uh, self-referential, and and having one agency talk about people playing Halloween, and you know, it's, it's just people you know playing with masks, and so. They, they know that that's something that's that's just it's considered part of the the feel and part of the uh, package that comes uh, with being a mission impossible kind of film um, not a whole lot to say other than that there's no costume that that just floored me but it's all super solid so I probably give that an eight out of ten um, now one of the areas where mission impossible really shines is the locations man the locations were fantastic in this film the shots that they got of um of the the wilderness and mountains and anytime they had a shot in a city anytime there was a chase it was the perfect spot they you know i mean the, just the the choice of the choice of the locations gave the the filming the chance to go from pretty much any angle and be able to look fantastic to to show something that the average viewer may not be able to see generally and feel fresh and new and you know lend to the excitement even the interiors uh whatever uh, now i don't know what was sets and what was uh actual locations but everything blended so well on that and it had each location had a look and a feel that kind of lent to the storytelling aspect and I thought they just did fantastic it's one of the few instances I would just give like a 10 out of 10 on location it's it's stunning and uh that having that backdrop for some of the stunts you know you know where uh somebody's hanging from a rope from a helicopter or uh anything like that that's going on it's it it's a great juxtaposition which blends right into cinematography it is super important in a mission impossible film any spy film really that the cinematography be on point the you need to have a good flow from shot to shot you need to have um the the aerials be be just right so that it's far enough out that you get the grander but close enough that you can see kind of what's going on that uh, and they definitely had that whenever there was a, a chase scene they they managed to film it in such a way, whether it was practical or whether it was CGI, 
where you you didn't just get the feel of motion from the, the chase itself, but from the movement of the buildings and going from point A to point B, it's it's really well done. Um, the They lingered when they need to linger for conversation, but for the most part, it was just everything kept to a quick pace, a lot of, a lot of cuts uh, going from one angle to another. And it served to kind of uh, help tell the story, that sense of urgency to be able to save everything. So um, I would probably give that easily a 19 out of 20. It was extraordinarily good in terms of cinematography. Which brings us to the plot and the writing. So um, the plot is as convoluted as you would expect a standard Mission Impossible to be. There's a lot of nice callbacks to previous uh, movies in the series. A lot of callbacks to the characters that, that play into it. It helps with motivation. It helps with kind of the continuing, uh, the sense uh, of feeling that there is a continuing story that needs to be told from point A to point B in the films. Um, it's a little, it suffers from the same problem that, that Mission Impossible is always going to suffer from in that it's a little too convoluted at times. Does uh, party A know what party B is doing? No, B uh, uh, tricked them. No, A tricked B thinking that B was tricking A. Eh. It sometimes makes it a little hard to follow. Um, and it's not and it's not so much that it's making it hard to follow in terms of scene to scene, but if you can't get a clear understanding of who knows what, it's hard to read intention into the performance of the actor. So, it, it like for Cavill specifically, knowing exactly when did he actually know what was going on? Did, you know, he had people planted in the CIA to help him uh, as part of this organization, but because of that, that doesn't explain his reaction the way he reacted in the previous part. The only way that it would make sense is if they're trying to trick the audience to go along with it. It it's it makes it it loses a little something. It's um, uh, more important to trick the audience than it is to tell the story, which I understand. Um, but uh, because that it fails a little bit. Um, uh, in terms of uh, plot, also I think it was a little. A little odd in the way they did the final cliffhanger purpose, uh, the dual bombs in order to poison the water supply. Okay, that's you know typical Bond villain level craziness, but um, the the um, intended planning in order for everything to kind of co- coalesce in the same spot is a little too convenient at times. Uh, it's I mean, I understand it has to work that way in order to to get a certain feeling, but it kind of makes me lose where I am for a minute. Again, I always talk about suspension of disbelief. It's a little easier to get into something like this than watching the Happy Time murders because there are no Muppets. But at the same time, anytime I see something that's just a little too convenient, it shakes me out of the feeling of being in the movie just a little bit. And that happens several times Uh several times in the movie. I mean, when they lost the plutonium originally in that fight, there was nobody down that hallway. There's a very clear shot where they're hiding behind the pillars and there is nothing, nothing there. And it looks like it's about a quarter of a mile long. They engage in the firefight where he shoots Ving Rhames' character and go, that's just a few seconds. There is no way 
somebody got behind them and grabbed that stuff. At least that's the way it looks. And that was one of the first things I thought that just seems, that, that threw me out of it just a little bit. Um, again, one of those things where it's just too convenient. Even with all that, just fantastic. Standard kind of go to the... Uh, go to Universal Studios and ride a roller coaster thrill ride. They do just an excellent job in making it a fun action romp. I would probably give it a 15 out of 20 on that. So when you add everything up, that gives us a, a full score of 84, which is a solid B. Uh, again, it kind of goes with what I was saying before. If you enjoy seeing action films, it definitely plays better on a bigger screen, uh, especially if you like a Mission Impossible movie. But it'll still, assuming you have a, a, a nice place to watch it at home, still makes a great uh, streaming um, a streaming watch. It's probably not one that I would personally buy. But, uh, you know, if it was on Netflix or on Hulu or something like that, again, in the future, I would probably give it a look at least for a little while. Um, hopefully you agree with uh, some of what I said. Maybe you disagree. If you disagree, you think something I missed, uh, some glaring omission, or I must be crazy for saying something, let us know on our forums on www.everybodylovespudding.com or uh, drop us a line through our Facebook, at Real Pudding Guys, or even on Twitter, at Pudding Guys is our Twitter handle. Um, feel free to let us know. Let us know some uh, movies you might want us to review or uh, talk about in in specifics uh, we would love to hear from you but until next time i'm ken seymour